0: good morning church family good to see you this morning how many of you know that god is worthy of our worship let me see your hand wave at me this morning yes he is so let's praise him together with all we have today okay
1: resurrection power in us somebody look at your neighbor and say it's in you it's in you it's not on you it's in you, you can you grab a seat you can grab a seat I want to read a verse over you real fast it's Psalm 119 verse 32 it says I will run after you with the light in my heart that the light is in you and it's on you today and we're so glad to be in the house of the Lord can we give us some praise this morning we're so excited to be here. I wanted to share this with you. During our First Impression team huddle this morning, uh, Alicia Etheridge said this. She said, before revival can happen in a place, it has to happen in a person. Before God can do it in Dothan first, it it has to happen in you first. And I believe it's gonna happen today and in the days to come. Can you give God some praise for expectation? We're believing for that. Oh, we just want to say welcome, and uh, we're so glad that you joined us today to worship with us. And if you're a first-time guest, maybe you're watching online, we would encourage you to text D1TEXT to 84576, grab the Connect card from the pew in front of you, fill it out with as much information as you don't mind us having, or you can scan the QR code on the screen because we just want a way to connect with you and follow up with you. the First, can we welcome our first-time guest this morning? Welcome. And if you feel that connect card out, please hold on to it until after service. You can drop it in one of the giving boxes located in the back of the room, or what we would prefer and ask that you would do is that you meet our pastors, some of our leadership team, and guest reception. Just hold on to that connect card, and we just want to follow up with you. There are a number of other things you can do with D1 Text to get connected, prayer requests, sign up for life groups. Somebody say life groups. Life groups are still going on. You can still sign up. We want to encourage you to sign up for those. Uh, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. We have over 20. 20- plus small groups for you to get connected in. And you can follow those prompts on the screen again. We believe life happens in circles, not just in rows. So we want you to connect with each other, have spiritual conversations. This is a means of discipleship. So please sign up for life groups as this new semester is starting. Also, some of our freedom groups have just started. You can please, you can be a part of those as well. Some of them are only just meeting for the second week. So I challenge you to please join a group. Also, uh, March 19th. Somebody say March 19th. It is our young adult service. Where are my young people at? Can we make some noise for the young people in the house? This is a young adult service. We started this ministry just to meet a need because it's an evident need. And as God is continuing to do some things throughout all people, we're believing that this generation especially needs a special investment, a special deposit. So on March uh, 19th, please register for this free, this free event by scanning the QR code on the screen. There'll be time for uh, snacks, hangout, worship, and word. So please register for this event. You're not going to want to miss it. Maybe you got somebody that you need to invite. You need to bring them with you. We're bringers, not just inviters. So please come out to this event on March 19th. And we're so excited for what God's going to do today. Are you excited? Well, now is the time where we get to give. How many are thankful that God has blessed you? Amen. Amen. I know he's blessed Lindsay and I. We're so glad to be here. But you're going to see right now there are five ways to give on the screen and as we get ready to go back into a time of worship we're going to go ahead and release our elders your elders uh for prayer they're going to be in their various stations in the back exit on my left your right and on this side as well and up in the balcony and we just believe in healing we believe in healing and this is not to embarrass you but if you'll raise your hand for a moment how many of you need healing today you need a healing touch Some of you are standing in the gap for others. And as we get ready to pray over this time of uh, worship, this time of giving, uh, as soon as I I get ready to pray over this offering and encourage you to stand in a moment, we want you to believe in faith with the people that you're asking to uh, bless you, these elders. They're not just going to lay hands on you in faith. They're going to pray in faith with you that you're going to be touched this morning. Amen? Go ahead and stand up on your feet as you will as we get ready to pray. And I want to share this missions update with you. Uh, Many of you know that we partner with Convoy of Hope and this is a disaster relief arm in our fellowship. And because of your generosity, I just want you to know that we're already providing relief for the earthquake in Syria, the earthquake that took place in Syria and Turkey. And that's because of your generosity. And as the five ways to give are on the screen, we just want you to know that you're partnering, not just here in this house, but around the world for God's presence to be met, needs to be met here at this church. And so we just, we're so thankful. And as we get ready to pray, I just ask that if you'll do this for me, if you go ahead and put your hands out like you're about to receive, because this is a sign of worship. This is a sign of surrender. And you could even keep this posture going as, as soon as I say, amen, just keep this posture as we get ready to go back into the time of worship. But the moment I pray, I want you to go out from your seat and, and go to the elder if you need needs met. Let's pray right now. Father, thank you so, so much for every good thing you're doing in this house. Father, we have our hands out beside us as a sign of surrender, saying, Lord, whatever you're going to do, do it in us. Whatever we need in our body, do it in us. From the tops of our heads to the soles of our feet, in our bank accounts, in our homes. Father, we are, we are submitting our need. we are submitting ourselves to you today. And we worship you because you're good because you're worthy of honor, because you're worthy of praise. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, let's get ready for worship.
2: No, I won't be shaking. My feet doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My feet doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My feet doesn't stand a chance when I stand. Fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love.
0: When I feel the fear come. feel the shaking, oh, I will stand my ground, your presence is enough, cause you are with me, and Father, you're for me, oh, fear will never conquer me, I belong to Jesus, I'm never alone. Never if I stumble I will not break you'll be right there you're in every step I take with the rain fall with the floods come close your eyes this morning and allow him allow the Holy Spirit this morning just to remind you of that promise that he will never leave you he'll never forsake you fear you'll never conquer me cause I belong to Jesus let's proclaim that fear you'll never conquer me I belong I know who I am you never conquer me. I belong to Jesus. Oh, fear you'll never conquer me. I belong to Jesus. If Conquer me. I belong to Jesus.
3: I belong to
0: you, Lord.
3: Thank you, Jesus. I belong Thank you, Jesus. To Can you just get that in your spirit? I just believe that there are those here today. Whether it was, you know, we see earthquakes and we see famine and we see drought and we see f- all the natural disasters, and then we add to it the. The fear and anxiety that the pandemic brought and then you add to it the weight of the day-to-day challenges that you may face wars rumors of war economic crisis all these things it's almost like it's a funnel that that just goes directly into your spirit and you know there's a a really significant scripture It, it says that perfect love casts out all fear And you know what that really means, it's not that if you feel loved then you no longer have any fear. It's not that. It's that when God's love begins to pour over you, all of these troubles of the world and all the problems that that you face, it's almost like you see how big God is. And you, you look at how small in comparison the world's problems are to the bigness of your God. And you realize God is miraculous. God can do anything. God can take those things that I thought were dead and gone and buried. And he can resurrect new dreams. And he can give me new hope. And he can give me freedom in my life. And he can give me hope in my marriage. He can give hope in my family. He can bring healing to my body. He can bring peace to this world because He is the Prince of Peace. And so when you put Him on the throne of your life, when you place Him higher than the demands and the shouts of the world, when you put Him as your focus, see, I think our fear is usually directed by our focus. When our focus is, is on all the other things, See, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Then the Bible says, all these other things will be added. You know, when I seek healing, I don't seek a physical touch. I seek the healer. When I'm seeking the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I don't seek a gift. I seek the giver of the gifts. And so when it comes to your focus today, my challenge to you is seek first the kingdom seek first God and his love and his mercy and his grace seek forgiveness in faith seek Christ in faith let the Holy Spirit do a work inside of you and I believe when you've got that overwhelming love that cascades over your heart you know what happens it's like it it just it, it dispels the fear and so today I'm gonna pray over you you know I know that this may seem odd to some and I'm not trying to belabor this moment but as a dad I know what it's like to pray over and speak over my children and I know I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor and I'm younger than some of you in the room but I want to speak over you as a spiritual father would his children today just like if my kids came to me when they were young and they were afraid I would want to speak life over them and so too whatever you're facing today. I want to speak life over you. Lord Jesus, right now in this room, I speak life over these, your children. And whatever they're facing today, whatever struggle they're going through, whatever crisis that they're in right now, I just pray that there would be the cascading love of Christ that overwhelms them, that that goes deeper into their spirit than all the things that they see around them that what's in them would be stronger than what's around them. And Lord, I pray that that love that is so deep and so dear would hold them strong in their faith. Lord, we will face disappointments on this earth, but you said those that that are struggling and watching the, the hardship of this world, look up for your redemption is drawing near. And so I pray they would draw near to you right now and they would feel the arms of love wrapping around them right now in the spiritual dimension to hold them safe and secure and confident in who they are and who you've called them to be. I bless these, your children, with love, with the care and the confidence of the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, and if you receive that, can you say amen? Amen. You receive it by faith today? Amen. 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 Well, turn to your neighbor, just tell him God is big enough, and then you can go ahead and be seated.
4: We live in a culture in which losing is the enemy. We go to workplaces where everyone is battling for the boss's favor in the next promotion or we stay at home where the battle for the Legos is just as fierce. Nightly, we watch the talking heads trying to win the battle of ideas, although sometimes they seem quite willing to settle for winning the battle of decibels. We fight to have the best stuff, we fight through traffic, and when we finally look at each other at the end of the day, we fight, because we've been trained to do nothing else. In the worst of cases, we grew up fighting for our very survival, both physically and emotionally. But even in the best of situations, we found ourselves trying to win the competition for our parents' attention and approval, for our peers' acceptance, and for the validating stamp of a world with one message, win. But Christ calls us to do most things backwards from what the world and our flesh are telling us. That's why if marriage is going to work, it needs to become a mutual and reciprocal contest to see which spouse is going to lose the most. In marriage, losing is letting go of the need to fix everything for your partner, listening to their darkest parts with a heartache rather than a solution. It's being even more present in the painful moments than in the good times. It's finding ways to be humble and open, even when everything in you says that you're right and they're wrong. It's knowing that your spouse will never fully understand you, will never truly love you unconditionally, because they are a broken creature too, and loving them to the end anyway. If you're going to make marriage a competition, compete over which spouse will lose the most. Imagine a marriage like this. When the baby cries, both spouses race out of the bedroom door, bumping into each other in the hallway, just so the other one can rest. When one spouse is having a bad day, he or she still finds ways to make life easier for their partner. Each spouse deliberately places the other's calendar and career ahead of their own. No marriage is perfect, But in this kind of marriage, a decision has been made, and two people have decided to love each other to the limit and to sacrifice the most important thing of all, themselves. In these marriages, losing becomes a way of life, a competition to see who can listen to, care for, serve, forgive, and accept the other the most. The marriage becomes a competition to see who can give of themselves in ways that most increase the dignity and strength of the other. These marriages form people who can be small, humble, merciful, loving, and peaceful. Maybe what we need really is to become a bunch of losers in a world that is being torn apart by the competition to win. If we did that, maybe we'd be able to sleep a little easier at night, look our loved ones in the eyes, and forgive and forget.
3: That's good marriage advice for all of you. I hope you were listening closely to that. Well, listen, can we take a moment and give it up for all of those that are first time guests in the house and watching online right now? Come on, give it up for them. We're so honored that you're here. What a joy. To be able to celebrate the goodness of God with you today. It is, man, such a joy to be with you. And uh, would you do me a favor? Would you grab your copy of God's Word, turn on your cell phone, your tablet, PC, whatever you've got today, and uh, you can get ready to turn to Genesis chapter 1. But before you do, can you indulge me in this and just repeat out loud after me these words of declaration over what this Bible means to you and to me today? Can you say, I am? What God's word says, I am. I can do what God's word said I can do. I can become all that this word said I can be. So today, I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word because I love His word. All right, turn to Genesis chapter one. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. And if you weren't with us two weeks ago, I won't. Uh, Go all the way back in review, but we do want to take a little bit of time just to put the text in context for you today, and man, what a great, great joy it was for me and Michelle to be with the former youth pastor here, Pastors Michael and Katie Hamilton, who you guys sent out to to plant a church. They're doing incredible. As a matter of fact, I believe it's next week, they're going now to two services. They were averaging about 350 people uh, every Sunday, and God is doing a tremendous work, and they say thank you. Thank you for sending them. Thank you for praying for them, and thank you for allowing us to come and be with them. And uh, in our absence, Pastor James Powell did a great job So grateful to God for him and that relationship we share there Well listen, here we go uh, as we prepare in Genesis chapter 1 I did hear a story one time about a little girl with her daddy And just trying to ask him some of the really important questions of life Because she was feeling a little bit afraid, as some kids do sometimes Nighttime starting to get dark. It's almost time for bed, and she was feeling a little nervous. And so she d- said, Daddy, are you afraid of the dark? He said, Baby, I ain't afraid of the dark. He's trying to be strong and show her what a strong man is. He said, Daddy, are, are you afraid of snakes? "Nah, I'm not afraid of snakes. Daddy, are you afraid of spiders? No, nah, I'm not afraid of spiders. She said, uh, so you're just afraid of mommy, right? That's the only one you're afraid of? <laughs> yes, dear. I want to talk about teamwork that makes the dream work. And we're going to talk about having success in marriage. And, and really, I want to answer some of the questions that many of you posed last week. We, we had last week you just texting in questions. And I was trying to answer them on the spot. And I didn't get to all of them. And I want to answer some more today. And I think they're representative of really most marital issues, whether you're brand new in this thing and you're only a few months into it or you're a few years into it or maybe you're uh, empty nesters and you've been married for a long time or maybe you're grandma and grandpa and you're, you're in the golden years and you're sipping sweet tea on the back porch but there's still, there's still conflict in marriage. There's still challenge in marriage. There's still issues in marriage. There's still crisis that comes in marriage and I want to help you it's almost like the the signs in the road that you may have seen as you're getting ready to go uh, you know uh, down a country road and you you see stop sign ahead, or you see uh, you know a quick turn in the road and you'll see signs that show that. Friends, I, I want to show you the road signs. The Bible helps us with these road signs in marriage, and I want to help you in the journey of faith. And some of you, as I said last week or a few weeks ago, man, you are, You're deeply in love, but the bills, the challenges of life, kids, whatever it might be, the incessant issues of life are pounding away at your relationship, and you can just feel it. You you can feel yourself pulling apart. You're giving priority to everything else but your relationship, and then there's others of you. You're comfortable, and it's convenient, but it's just not life-giving in your relationship. you just kind of like... Two ships passing in the night, you're, you're partners, you're, you're, you're kind of cohabitating in, in this marriage. And then there's others of you, I, I know, I can feel in my heart, as a matter of fact, as I was preparing for this message, I could feel in my heart, there are some that are just, you are on the edge. Matter of fact, your spouse may not even know how close you are to the edge in that relationship. And, and this is a lifeline for you biblically today, spiritually today. This is your lifeline. If you'll listen closely and just dig deep into what I'm saying and what the, more than what I'm saying, what the Word of God has to say. So let's go back all the way to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, because God created marriage and He wasn't requiring it. I know there are some that are called the single, singleness, and you, maybe some of you are single by choice or by situation, and I understand that. But, but He saw that it was not good that man was alone. And so He created a helper suitable. He was fighting this loneliness in humankind. And by the way, that's why we have life groups and that's why we've got our freedom groups because we don't want you to do life alone. We believe in doing life together. But here it is, Genesis chapter one, verse 27, and God spoke, let us make human beings in our image to reflect our nature. And as I said in that, passage a few weeks ago that we're talking about a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so when you see this in the Old Testament, in the very first words, you see, let us do this. And so he created God in his infinite wisdom, created us in his image. We are image bearers. We are the the image of God on the earth. And what he did was he created us triune, body, soul, and spirit. And I mentioned specifically the soul of a human is made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions. Again, I'm going quickly for review, but I want you to follow along with this. The the body, the soul, and the spirit. In the body, we have the five senses, and the spirit is what is regenerated or reborn when we give our life to Christ. He makes us brand new, but the soul is what I wanted to spend time talking about. Because the soul is, is what, you know, when we say we're soulmates, what we're really saying is uh, the mind, the will, and the emotions. I want, I think, and I feel. I, I want what you want. I think how you think. I feel how you feel. And, and, and that's, that's okay for a season, but can I just tell you, there's going to be seasons where you don't think like them. You don't want what they want. You don't feel the same way anymore. Now what do you do? Well, I want to talk to you about that. I want to help you with that. Because God teaches us about that, that there's more than just the soul of you. There's the spirit of you. And in this passage in Genesis, it says we're supposed to reflect God's nature. So then when, when God regenerates our spirit, now my assignment before God is to no longer just be interested in myself and how I think. But my responsibility in reflecting God's nature is to now know what does God think about this situation? How does God see my mate? It's no longer about just what I want, it's, Lord, what do you want in this marriage? It's not just about how I feel because my feelings go up and sometimes they go down. Sometimes I just wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Come on, somebody. Your feelings don't have to dictate your marriage. Just like you don't have to have bad breath in your marriage all day long. Brush your teeth, get get a mint, throw some mouthwash. There's there's other alternatives than to just blow your bad breath on your spouse. And I'm not just talking in the physical dimension because our, our world is created by our words. And someone asked the question, and I'll just go ahead and rehearse it, dealing with differences. How do we deal with differences? My, my spouse is so different from me. The question is, so how do I deal with that? You know, my, I'm type A, they're type B. I'm, a, you know, a man, they're a woman. So different biologically and emotionally and relationally and Uh, All these things, the way they think, the way they feel it, the way they operate in life is just so different. I was just asking. I asked three generations of women this question. Now, uh, this this may come off sexist, uh, and forgive me if it does, but I asked three women, and they all gave the same answer generationally. So these I'm going to reflect back on what was said to me. I said, why is it that as a guy... I see that there's an oil change light that comes on. Now, why are you laughing? You are, apparently you are just a sexist, okay? So why is it that a light can come on This is oil change, or I can have a little sticker and it tells the date when it needs to be changed and the mileage next to it. And you have to look through that windshield every single day while you're driving. But for some reason, I'm the only one that sees that. And by all three generation of women, I want you to hear what they said. They said, as long as the car starts, it must be fine. (laughs) And that is often the way you treat your marriage. See, the challenge is, is there are warning lights on the dashboard of your relationship. I promise you. There's all kinds of warning lights that are going off. There there may be daily warning lights, little reminders, but whatever it may be, do you know that you have to have something called maintenance on a vehicle for it to run properly? And if you don't, Guess what happens? You can shine up that car and wax it and make it look pretty and shiny and all that great stuff. You can put air fresheners on the inside and make the inside smell good. How many understand if you never pop the hood and do any maintenance? I don't care how nice a car it is. You could have paid $100,000 for that car, but it's not going to last very long. It needs some maintenance. Maintenance. And so too it is relationally when you're dealing with these differences. Let me tell you, Michelle and I couldn't be more different. And, and I really didn't understand this until I started reading into the text where it talked about the spouse and the helper that's suitable. And the idea that it's, it's not that she was created or that uh, the woman was created to make Adam have more because uh, he wanted more and so if she comes alongside him then she'll just do everything he says and therefore he'll be better no it's actually helper suitable is actually helper against (laughs) helper against do you know left to my own devices without my wife i would not be nearly as sharp as i am right iron sharpens iron, right? She's supposed to rub off the rough edges of my life. And she does a great job of it too. (laughs) So good. So good. I mean, listen, you, you may see your spouse as sandpaper spouse, but I can just tell you there's some rough edges in you that need to be rubbed off of you you know, you're, you're impatient or you're hot-headed or, uh, you know, you're, you're too flighty or whatever. There's What I see often in marriage is you end up opposites attract. You end up marrying someone that is different from you. And often, in areas that you are deficient, you are attracted to that person. And here's what often happens. Those things that once attracted you when you were dating... Is now a detraction Because why don't they think more like me Why don't they act more like me Why aren't they more like me Can I just tell you Because we had enough of you When God created the one of you That's all we needed And God said no You're great (laughs) But you need a little help You need a little balance in your life And so you're, you're 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 moving toward this moment of attraction because you see all these things in them and maybe you're not a i don't know an outgoing personality type but oh you see this one person they are just a social butterfly they are everywhere they're all over the place and you 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 think wow that is incredible like i i'm attracted to that i'm deficient in that area i need that until they say every other night let's go out with friends let's have friends over i'm tired i just want to sit around And the social butterfly, listen, gets tired after a while too. And they look at this person that seemed, they're they're not flighty, they're secure, they're solid. I mean, almost stoic, reverent, if you will. Oh, I just need a solid, stable man because I'm all over the place. I'm like a kite, but I need a string. That's a good illustration. Somebody needs to tweet that right now. <laughs> but put my name under it. Okay. <laughs> a kite without a string <laughs> is everywhere and often it doesn't fly. That string just holds it a little closer to the ground. You got a, a spender that marry, you know, the spender marries a tightwad. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just that is the way that it is. Why? Because there's benefits in balance. Everybody say there's benefits in balance. You know my wife. Man, I got so many great things to say today. It's just awesome. I can't wait. I wish you could see my wife's face because she doesn't know where I'm going. It's beautiful up here. It's like I'm I'm flying, Dad, in the clouds. And I can see everything below and it's just, it's so beautiful. The problem is I could crash and burn right now, dad. I will never be able to fully understand my wife, how incredibly strong that she was able to carry physically three children inside of her body, growing those children dealing with all the the, the the problems that ladies go through as it relates to pregnancy and and she was able to carry them and not many many times not being able to sleep at night because they're moving or kicking and, and and the strength that it took to bear those children is absolutely amazing but I will never fully understand how it's possible that a woman that strong could be so intensely affected. And adversely affected by one degree of temperature different in my household. (laughs) One degree. Can't we just keep it at 71? No. 70. I got one degree. Do you know, I don't know who it was that created this idea of in in a car to have two separate you know what I'm talking about? Air, you could have air conditioning and heat on in some of these vehicles. And that was a, it was a marriage counselor that created that. I promise you. <laughs> Sometimes she'll have that thing on 60 blowing air in her face with the and and then and then I don't know, guys, I'm sorry. I have to just take a minute. I got to understand this. 60 degrees, I'll turn it up to 90 on my side. I, somewhere in the middle there's there's 70 degrees. I don't know, but I'll turn it on ninety. She'll turn it on sixty, and then she'll take her, like like those, you know, the the fans, uh, the vents. She'll turn it directionally toward me. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I'm just saying. There's differences in marriage. How do I have a happy and a healthy marriage? Let's stop, and let's stop right there. How do I have a happy and a healthy marriage? I can answer how to have a healthy marriage, but I can't answer how you can have a happy marriage because I don't think happy is the right adjective to describe marriage because that's not what your vows said. Your vows said, for better or worse, worse, sickness, and health prosperity and want your vows didn't say happily ever after like the movie said your vows said it's going to be messy and marriage can be messy and sometimes we don't even think about it from that perspective we just think i want to be happy and everything's going to be happy and life's going to be happy and then when we get hit In the moment of marriage that we realize it's not all happy, then we either run for the hills, we fight or flight, and we forget that that's not what the vows said they would be. So if I can't just talk about happy, then at least let's talk about healthy, which by the way, oh gosh, there's some teenagers in the room, so I'm going to be, I wish I could speak as openly as I need to about this, but I will say that. Women are far more complex than men as, as it relates to happiness. And this is honest to God truth, ladies. Um, some people say that it's, uh, for, for men, we're just so utilitarian. Like, if women are Ferraris, we would just be a Jeep. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, we, we, we'll get you there, you know. <laughs> we'll get you there. You guys look pretty, we'll just get you there. That's a, but, but as a man, provider, protector, three S's a sandwich, some sleep, and I'm not even going to have to go to the third one. (laughs) And you know what? It depends on where you're at in life's journey of which one you put as your first priority. I'm just saying. So simple. Ladies, we're so simplistic, us men. I don't know. But I think, I, I think a sense, though, if I were to put healthy into one word, it would simply be appreciation. Both men and women desire this. A sense of appreciation. Appreciation for who you are, appreciation for what you do, appreciation for what you bring to the table, appreciation just for who you are as a human being. All of that is so incredibly important. And here was the question, well, what about then the challenges of arguments? Well, most couples argue over the, the top three things are intimacy, communication, and finances. And, and I would say communication being the one in the middle is, is really the, the, the key because if you're not communicating about your finances, then you're going to argue about your finances. You know, if I mean, communicating in a healthy way, conflict resolution style. If you're not communicating about intimacy, and I don't just mean sexuality, I mean in every form of intimacy, relationally. See, what happens is us guys in particular, we start dating our spouse. That's how we start. And, and we want to look good and we want to smell good and we want to say the right words and do the right things and take them to the right places and all those things. And then, then you get married and then the dating stops. And for the ladies too. So, if you were going to bring one thing back into your home, you'd have to go back to the dating relationship. Matter of fact, take a moment. Just close your eyes for just a moment. Take take just a minute. For those of you married in the room and you've been going through some stuff, just, I want you to think with me for a minute. Just go back in time. Remember what it was that attracted you to that person in the first place. Just think. Just think about it. It's different for everybody, but just think. What was it? What was it? Think about uh, the first time that you felt love toward that person or you felt like or knew that that was the right one. Think about the, the wedding day. Think about the, the first kiss. Think about what drew you into them. It all came out of a desire to know them better, to know them well. All right, now open your eyes, okay? So here's what happens in our, in our as We stop dating and there is a scripture about this. I won't get into it, but it's in the book of Ephesians. And it talks about the mystery of marriage. And the problem is, and I, I, I'm a Scooby-Doo fan. When I was a kid, I used to watch Scooby-Doo and they had the mystery machine. And you know, you'd know, you watch how they would solve the mystery. They'd have to go through all these clues. In any good mystery, there's gotta be clues that lead up to the final result where it unveils the mystery. But the mystery of marriage is, is this, that... You get married, you go on your honeymoon with packed bags, then you open up those bags on your honeymoon and you realize over the last 15, 20, 30, 40 years of your life, however old you happen to be, that people have packed your bags for you. Your your parents and your family and your coworkers and your former girlfriend or your former boyfriend, they, they all help to pack all this baggage. And now you're on your honeymoon, and, and, and I don't mean, I'm not talking about clothes and shampoo now, I'm talking about emotional baggage. And you start to trust in vulnerability in your relationship, now you open up the bag and, and you start to pull out stuff that you didn't even know was there. Oh, shoot, I didn't know I had a problem with trust. I, I didn't know that, but yeah, my, my former girlfriend cheated on me, so I'm so sorry, but Just so you know, I got a problem with trust. My daddy yelled yelled at my mama and I'm sorry, but I I picked up some things there and, and I didn't realize how angry I get and how quick tempered I become. And you start to unpack this baggage, the unwanted baggage. And if you don't handle it appropriately and effectively, especially in vulnerability with each other and with the Lord, if there's no healing that takes place in there, See, the problem is, she was never created to be my everything. I mean, I can tell her that, and it sounds nice in a Hallmark card, but the fact is, she was never made made to be my everything. Otherwise, she's an idol in my life. God is my everything. She's the helper suitable, the helper against the one that we share life with, and as she unpacks some difficult baggage and I unpack some difficult baggage, God begins to bring us together in unity around our vulnerability and frailty. You're frail. You're a human being. You have life experience, past, pains. I've never met anyone that doesn't have a hidden hurt somewhere. And in that struggle... You can either deal with it silently and secretively, or you can deal with it with a mate. And the way you choose to deal with it is often the way communication gets established in your home. See, we don't often hear it or feel it or sense it or see it like our spouse does. It comes off like this. Let's say you're at a restaurant, you're just chilling, You're just looking right at your spouse, and all of a sudden, somebody walks past you. They happen to be attractive. You don't even notice. You look up and see this person out of the corner of your eye. What you don't know is that maybe your spouse remembers that look in your dad's eye of lust when he left your mother and went off to be with some other lady, or that boyfriend previously that they had that that cheated on them with a friend of theirs and so all of this stuff see it's 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 a filter it comes through this filter and 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 we don't know it and they don't know but here's how it sounds what are you looking at what do you think you're looking at what do you want to be with her who I don't even know what you're talking about what are you talking about that girl that just walked by you want to be with her more than me? Is you trying to say she's prettier than me? What's the problem? Am I going to put your eyes back in your skull? What's your problem? Now, I'm not talking about if your eyes are wandering, then you need to get, get yourself under control. And I'm not, uh, uh, that's, a cl- that's clear. I'm talking about if your head wasn't even in that space, your eyes were in your socket and all was co- good between you and God. <laughs> Am I speaking your language today? All of a sudden, here it comes. Well, what's your, I I wasn't looking at anything. Yes, you were, I'm telling you. I saw what you were looking at. And here it comes. How do you deal with that tension in a relationship? Do you know, here's what the Bible says about it. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. See, we eat the fruit of our words. And we got to retrain both our minds and our mouths because it says words kill and words can give life. They're either your poison or your fruit. You choose. You have creative power. God spoke the world into existence and then he gave you the creative power to speak your world into existence. Now, here's the response in defensiveness I don't have a problem. You're the one with the problem. I kept my eyes in my skull. Somebody walked by me. It's not my fault. What's your problem? That's one way. Or what they're looking for, which is safety and security. That's what they're after anyway. Baby, I just want to keep you true to me and my heart before God. I want you to know how much I love you and honor you. I just want you to know my eyes are on you and on him. And if my eyes do get the wrong direction, you just slap them back into place. You just maybe not slap them, but you know what I mean. And I just want you to know my heart is so driven toward yours I want to help be the right kind of man that you can trust, and I want to earn that trust every day of our marriage. How many of you think that night there may be a little different response when you get home from the meal? None of you? No? Okay, all right. Well, there was in mine. Anyway, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. She didn't say it, and I didn't do it, so... Uh, <laughs> See, here was, here was one of the things that I felt. Listen, some of you are, are, are readers or podcast listeners or YouTube watchers and you're watching all these marriage videos because things are all screwed up in your home. And you think, if I just got one more self-help book, it, it'll all come together. And I just want you to know that's not altogether accurate because you can have information but not revelation. Information, more information could be information overload. Please, please listen to what I'm saying to you. I'm trying to save some marriages and give a lifeline to you. Some of your marriages are struggling because it's not an information issue. It's an emotion issue. It's a relationship issue. And so what happens is God is trying to help bring into your marriage healing for you to bless your spouse. And, and for us... I had to be reminded of Psalm 139. It's not in your notes, but Psalm 139, verse 13 was the first words every one of my children heard when they came into this world. You were knit together in your mother's womb, basically formed and fashioned by God that he knew all the days of your life before even one was lived out. You're fearfully and wonderfully made And so, I could get all this information about marriage, and if we do this, and we do that, and we do this, and we do that, and we do this, and we do that, and we don't do this, we don't do that, we don't do this, we don't do that. Can I just tell you, we have, in our early years of marriage, we had a lot of marriage tools in our tool belt, right? I mean, so to speak, we had uh, the, you know, the, the... hammer and the saw and all the things that would you know you'd have to have to the tools to build a healthy relationship we had all that information but the problem is a hammer in the hands of a five-year-old can be incredibly destructive matter of fact some of you can even use the word of god against your spouse in ways that it was never written or intended by god misquoting it for your benefit And so you're killing each other with the hammer instead of building a home with it. But in the hands of a master craftsman, now you're building things that are beautiful and will stand the test of time. So, my question to you is are you cursing what God is trying to bless? Your spouse is God's child first. And if you see them in that way, speaking with gratitude and encouragement, Matter of fact, I would encourage you to use one scripture, maybe a little out of context if you're going to use one, calling those things that are not as though they were. Call out of them the best and not the worst. Call those things that are not currently happening as though they were. Treat them the way that God has called you to treat them. God designed us uniquely to fulfill specific callings on the earth. That means when God handed this woman's hand into your hand, He was trusting you with some things, trusting her with you with her heart, her dreams, her idiosyncrasies and her hurts and pains and challenges and background and upbringing. Somebody asked well, what happens when you're growing apart?" Uh, one question that came through is, should married, should a married person be friends with the opposite sex? And, and I would just caution you in that. Uh, I, I'm not saying that Michelle and I don't have uh, friends in the sense that, um, like, I would say, Charlie and Deanne, who are uh, lifelong friends of ours. Right? And and so uh, around a circle of the four of us, uh, I may be talking to Deanne about something, and she may talk to Charlie about something in the conversation of the four of us. But I don't don't think it's healthy to have deep friendship with the opposite sex because of the second word in opposite sex. Because of that potential sexual tension, I just don't feel like it's beneficial and appropriate. But part of that is because you begin to share life with another human being, uh, uh, let's say for a guy, another female, you're sharing laughter and joy and sharing pains and all the things that ought to be shared with your spouse, and either you're neglecting that or you're using it as a substitute, and I just don't think that's healthy. But there's something about the the marriage maintenance, and and I would say... We create cycles, uh, uh, patterns. And I'm gonna invite the worship team to come back if, if you would, please, or at least keys. <clears throat> Michelle and I have lived in a lot of different places and she was born and raised, well, raised in Mississippi. I was raised in Michigan. And after we got married, we moved to Texas. And how many of you've lived in a southern part of the culture that was, it was a dry heat. Y'all ever lived in places like that where it's dry, arid, kind of like Arizona or Texas? Matter of fact, we'd be driving in Texas and the median would, like somebody flip a cigarette out there. Not me, (laughs) I wasn't smoking. Anyway, flipping the, some dude in front of us would flip a cigarette out there and and the, the median would start on fire. That's how dry it would be, the dry heat. And then we moved to Michigan where it's freezing cold I, I, I mean I love Michigan weather when it's like sledding and snowmobiling and snowing and skiing and snowboarding all the that's the fun of, of living in the snow but everything else stinks it's so cold just watch any YouTube fail videos and it's people in Michigan hitting their head uh, uh, from falling over when they hit the ice and shoop, there they go now I love I love I love Michigan a lot of people that I love there but it was just a very different climate and now here we are in the deep south again and it's it's not just hot but it's humid matter of fact sometimes it's more humid than hot right like it could be like 90 degrees which isn't really that hot but I mean it is like you take two steps out your door and you're dripping in sweat because of the humidity but we had to acclimate to the climate and some of you in your homes have acclimated to the climate that you've created, the atmosphere you've created, the intensity, the volatility, the frustration, the arguments, the fights, whatever it is, the words that you would, are, are now using that you would have never used in the dating relationship. But you've become accustomed to it. You, you've allowed the thermostat in your home to be set at a temperature that you've allowed. And the problem is the temperature you've set is uncomfortable for both of you. It's not even a, a, a good temperature to set. I would say, understanding, listening with understanding. And I said it a few weeks ago love listens. Listening with understanding. People typically, they they want more than anything for you to to listen with understanding. I've said it many, many times that my wife has mentioned a problem to me that she's got. And as a guy, I don't don't listen. I just listen long enough where I can fix it, right? Like I, I just say, hey, here's five things you should do. You just share with me this issue. I just want you to know here's step one, step two, step three, because I'm a pastor, I got three points, and then I have a poem at the end, and then we take an offering, and it's good. I'm kidding, come on. No, but I'm really good with that because guides typically are fixers. But the ladies don't want that. Which is weird. <laughs> As a guy, I'll say that. They want you to listen with understanding. They want you to build relationship. Feel how I feel. I don't want to feel how you feel. I want to fix it. If you just do what I say. And here we go again. The right climate for communication is an atmosphere for resolve, for understanding and acceptance. Look at this in Romans chapter 15, verse seven. It says this, Romans 15, seven. Accept each other just as you want to be. Is that what it is? It's not even just as you want to be. It's not even like the golden rule scripture. Like treat others as you want to be treated. That's good. This one says, accept each other just as who? Christ accepted you. How has Christ accepted you? Do you have to clean up to get to Christ? Do you have to have everything perfect to get to Christ? No, he loved you just the way you are. He came and loved you with an everlasting, eternal kind of love. A matchless kind of love and that's what the Bible says so a husband ought to love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her today I believe that this could be eye opening for you if you take the tools the biblical tools I've given to you I believe God could do something in your relationship but if you choose to take those tools and beat each other up with with the tools it's not going to help your relationship at all Seriously, like if, if you even bring up, well, Pastor Mark said, you need to get secure because I wasn't looking at that lady when she was walking by me. No, no, listen, using the tools with God's help to build a home. I'm not talking about building a house. You can have a lot of money, you can have, but, but nothing to, to live for. Today, I want you to have everything God intended for your relationship in marriage. But More than that, I want you to have such a close-knit, connected relationship with Christ that as soon as you start to get into that moment of volatility, you think in your mind, oh, wait a minute, before I go off like I used to, that's Christ's daughter. That's God's daughter. So I better treat her with respect because... One, God treated me this way. And second, I don't want to be in trouble with God. Can we pray together? Lord Jesus, in this room, I believe, and those watching online, this could be a lifeline for some, and I ask in Jesus' name, you would do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Would you do the amazing in this house? And would you breathe life over marriages? God, I pray that amid the children and the bills and the job and the crisis and the illness and all the things that often come with life in relationship. God, I pray right now, their focus, God, would be on you and on the betterment of that person that, Lord Jesus, you brought to them. God I pray you begin to heal hidden hurts right now Holy Spirit would you go through this house And begin to touch the hearts of people in this room That have held on to unforgiveness Wounds of the past That are keeping them held bound And Lord I pray right now Would you just begin to melt together And mend together broken hearts In Jesus name Heal what only you can heal In Jesus name Restore and bring life To relationships again Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And if there's those in this room, you say, Mark, I need Jesus to come into my life. I need to make him Lord and Savior of every area. Listen, friend. There is a life after this one. It's called eternity. And we, we don't want to spend our life in eternity away from God, separated from love. We want to be eternally with God. And the only way I know how to do that is by faith, through repentance, say, God, forgive me. Give me a fresh start. And if that's you in this room, listen, it may be a first-time decision. It might be a rededication. Or for some of you, because we've been talking about relationships, you're honest enough to say, I- I've been a little rude in my relationship. I've not been biblical the way I need to be. And God, I ask for forgiveness. If that's you in any of those categories I just mentioned, I want you to slip up your hand right now. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, uplifted up, up hand right now, say, Mark, that's me. Include me in the prayer right now. Come on, that's right. All over this place. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. In the balcony, on the main floor, God bless you. So many hands that are lifted right now. Just as a, a, a an act of submission to God, to say, God, I need you. I need you in my home. I need you in my life. I need you in my marriage. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. I want to pray with you. And I'd like to lead you in a prayer. Would you pray this with me out loud? Every one of you who lifted your hands. As a matter of fact, everybody in the room, can you say this with me out loud? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you the Lord and Savior of every area of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can you just stand up? Come on, let's put our hands together and give God praise for the decisions made in this house. And
0: let's worship the King together. Come on, let's worship him. Father, you follow me. Fear will never conquer me. I belong to Jesus. I'm never alone. I'm never abandoned. Fear you will never conquer me. I belong to Jesus. You are with me. Father, you for me. Fear will never conquer me. I belong to Jesus. I'm never alone. I'm, I'm never, never abandoned. abandoned. Oh, fear, you'll never conquer me. I belong to Jesus. Do yes. you belong
3: to Him today? Lord. We belong to You, Jesus. Listen, if you just remain here for just a moment, for those that made a decision for Christ, I want you to do us a favor. Either let us know by that Connect card that's in the seat pocket in front of you, or I'd like you to take out your smartphone and text D1WALK to the number 84576. Here's what that's gonna do. It's gonna give you access to a free downloadable copy of this booklet called One to One. We wanna help you in your journey of faith and we'll just quickly send you a response with that, whether you got an Android or Apple platform. We'll make sure to get that into your hands so that you'll be able to read the scriptures and help define the next steps of your journey of faith. We also want to invite you out on Wednesday nights or Sundays, every Sunday. Listen, I encourage you, don't miss. It gives you opportunity to grow deeper in your faith as you learn about the Word of God. It's our heart to always, always, always give you something practical, practical application from the scriptures. We wanna help you in your journey of faith. Next, I wanna let you know this, Uh, on your way out today, and I'm gonna dismiss some of our leaders, they're gonna head out to greet you today, but there are gonna be leaders and some of our pastors and elders that are gonna be outside these doors and to the left. They're going to be there at our guest reception it's a room just to the just before you walk out the doors it's to the left you'll see a big screen it says guest reception if you've never had the chance to meet up with some of our elders some of our pastors i would encourage you to do so especially first-time guests and we want to give you a gift for hanging out with us today so honored that you're here today we want to bless you with that also i want to let you know you can sign up for the next grow track Again, it's just the pathway toward membership and ministry. Please let us know that. Check the box there uh, on your Connect card, and you can put it on your way out. You can put that in the giving boxes on the way out. Listen, I want to release you with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. May the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your coworkers, to the neighbors around you, to your sphere of influence on social media, and especially to your family, to those inside the house, to your kids, your grandkids, your spouse. I bless you to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week. We'll see you next Sunday or this Wednesday. God bless you. You're dismissed.